Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Weekly Word Podcast. I'm Chris Hout, I'm coach, and this is episode 138. The Weekly Word Podcast is an ultra-endurance resource. On this podcast, we talk more than just training. Each episode, I try to dive into all the aspects of ultra-endurance, strength, recovery, nutrition, mindset, and sleep, what I call regeneration. And while the current environment might have changed where we go about our training, or what we are able to train. It has not changed the why or the how. I train some of the most extreme ultra-endurance athletes in the world. Currently, they are indoors, limited on equipment and time, but we still have the same focus on why we are doing this and how we want to go about approaching our day with intention, clarity, and purpose. Now more than ever, we need to maximize our limited training time space, and equipment. There is so much we can do. And this week, I want to dive into a little bit of a mindset aspect. I have two contrasting topics that will come up today. One, I would like to read you an email of an athlete who's currently injured, but how she shifted her mindset. And then we'll go into hearing less of my voice and more somebody else's voice in a consult I did for an athlete that's newer. So we get both ends of the spectrum. We get an athlete that's been with me for a few years and is familiar with my training and approach, but who's shifting through a mindset growth phase currently on what she loves about endurance training and why this is important to her. And she's been emailing me and we've been going back and forth for a few weeks about her growth, whether it's cycling, swimming, or running, and then the topics have gotten more specific into each sport and each into each training session as she sort of reflected on the day and what's important to her. So it's been a fun exercise and a meaningful exercise with her on that. In contrast, the consult is with somebody who's brand new to running. Yes, she's done a little bit of running, but to hear the joy and the excitement in her training and how, what she's looking forward to, it ties the two together. One, an athlete who was struggling to find why she's doing this, and then somebody brand new who's excited and feels the joy and the simplicity and the excitement towards future fitness outcomes. You can hear it in both their voices and contrast. Now, one, I'm going to read you an email, but the second one is an interview slash consult that I did via Skype with a young lady who's in Austria. I hope you enjoy this podcast, gives you a chance to hear some different perspectives and different voices. And on the next podcast, I want to be sure to say this on the front end and on the back end of this podcast, I'm going to have Emily on again for nutrition discussion and subject matter. And so I would love to be able to have some questions or some topics or some emails or some updates that you might have with any type of nutrition related questions, whether it's now during this COVID-19 environment, or just in general. What we will surely bring up, Emily and I, on the next podcast is once again how we can kick out of this phase stronger, better, smarter, and especially in the form of nutrition. How are we using this time effectively to grow what we're capable of, to grow our knowledge, to grow our skills, so that when things do kick out on the other side, 
we are in the new normal, not only because of our external environment being a new normal, but we've created a new normal at home with maybe some modifications, some nutritional improvements, and again, knowing more about what we need and how it all works so that again, we can focus on the things we control, things that we can have an influence on, and an important part of the athlete's mindset, right? It's not only just training. It's what am I doing today so that I can be a better athlete tomorrow? And nutrition is such a big part of that. I hope you take advantage of some days here to send us an email, and we would love to answer them on the podcast for you. All right, so until then, enjoy this podcast, and I hope you also come away from this with some perspective with this current crisis, with what we do and what we love about it, sense the joy and the meaning in what we do as endurance athletes. Hi, Chris. This weekend was a bit of a head trip. So many highs and lows for various reasons. I go into the garage to do some strength work and sitting in front of me is a new bike and a new pair of shoes. I used to be filled with so much joy and excitement getting out and riding and running. But now it's a dreadful feeling of self-doubt. Thinking on this, I had to bring myself back to reality and ask what is it what is it I love and where did it go? Training is a way for me to discover parts of me that isn't brought out any other way. When I first started running, I would go out for hours just to be alone. I found sol- solace in the quiet and self-discovery in nature. Training revealed a part of me that I never knew was there. And then one day it changed. Someone asked me how fast I was running. I had no idea because I never measured my running by time. I only measured how I was feeling. Because I didn't have a clue what I was doing, I listened to the noise and soon became a time chaser. What I didn't know is that I would forever be chasing a time that is always one second ahead of me. It became more about measuring the data and eventually I let the data dominate over the fulfillment I got out of simply running. Self-discovery became very hard to find in all of the numbers. There were fleeting moments, but not many. Sitting in this cast when I think about running, I have this loathing feeling about being drained by the data. It's been so long that I've thought about the joy of running and what it brought me and the ways in which self-discovery gave meaning and purpose. So why is it the data became so important and that I let it erode the joy I had felt for running? It stole from me the freedom of doing something unstructured and playful. I find the most profound moments in my own self-discovery is when I'm free to let go and play. It's like going out for recess. Nature is my playground and I'm free to romp around and fill my soul with light, allowing me to love myself. Why did I exchange what is important to measure with the importance of being measured? I have a lot of recovery time ahead. Thinking of these things, I know I can't let this time be used to measure my current limitations in days, weeks, or months. The answer to my question, what, is, what it is I love, isn't found in numbers, but in self-discovery through this process and the ways it brings joy and purpose to my life. I'm now looking at my new bike and running shoes smiling because they're waiting for me to engage in the love I find in them by only measuring what's important. You asked me to think about the mindset of an athlete. 
Sometimes, mindset is about having an open mind and taking a moment to expand my thoughts and find the joy in being an athlete. Well, that is a beautiful email, and it is a beautiful process of thinking that I can only commend, and it is a beautiful growth pattern that I've seen in this athlete over the last six to eight months. And we've been working together for a few years. And while the numbers and the paces and the wattages and the results are always ahead of her, and I have noticed that she is often not satisfied with the progress she's made and instead looking for the next notch, I find that this phase and this injury and this last six, eight months where she hasn't been injured, but she's gone through a shift has been remarkable. And it's been beautiful to observe ever so gently the joy coming back into the process. And the process here is even more visible with not being able to do any of the activities. And once again, the athlete's mindset, and in this case, we're talking mindset, but being an athlete, she's doing the things what it takes to be an athlete. And um, I don't say that with regards to talent and abilities. But I'm saying that in regards to all the other things that make you stronger to be an athlete in the future, what am I doing today in order to become a better, stronger, smarter, more grounded, more powerful athlete slash person tomorrow? And this email highlights she's taking the time to think this through and to think of how she wants to kick out of this time, not only... COVID-19, but also this time in a cast. And the excitement and the joy of running and biking, and eventually she'll find the joy in swimming, <laughs> um, that will make this, this time go by with memory and with thought and with prep. And again, I am confident she will kick out of this stronger as a human being, as an athlete, for this. I thought that was a good example of joy of running and being out in nature and her being able to put that into words. In contrast now in the consult, you'll hear the joy and the excitement and the curiosity in the voice, in the giggles, in the um, excitement to get out and get going. They both tie in very closely together. One is where my athlete was when she used to run and then got caught up in the numbers. And the other is where a new athlete is about to experience all that joy and is excited to go through that growth and that curiosity and learning for herself. I thought those two contrast well. Here is the consult. Great to talk to you. I'm, I'm glad that you found the time. I hope you're not too stressed. Oh, no, it's it's okay. It's just trying to fit everything in in the day and so just like any <laughs> other person <laughs> amazing so, so um, still still busy even within the crisis <laughs> oh yeah very busy more busy more busy just because more people uh, more athletes uh, want more input and more feedback mm. and more ideas on what to do and more strength exercises because they don't have a gym to go to mm -hmm, or yeah. 
they don't have a pool, so what can we do for swimming instead? Or they can't get on the trails, so what? how can we not get injured because running so much on pavement? And so all oh, kinds yeah. of different things for um, getting through this time, as well as it's just mm -hmm. busy with a uh, lot, of, lot of questions. Okay, I so. see, I see. Takes a lot of creativity, right? <laughs> it does, it does, but... <laughs> You know, if the athlete is interested and ready to go, um, we'll figure out a way to train. It's, that's not the challenge. The, the more yeah. important thing is finding or having the athlete motivated and disciplined and excited to train despite the crisis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see. Yeah. But yeah, so let's dive into um, your training and the questions you had. So um, the first part here, it looks like yeah, you right. wanted to talk about building a training schedule. And you talk about your goal yeah, right. being um, long-term goal, being an ultra-endurance athlete finishing multiple events. And you want to currently continue your progression at running faster at a low heart rate, increasing my yeah. aerobic threshold. Yes, very nice. Mm -hmm. So, and then you sent me your current training schedule. Um, and... Yeah. When we look at it <clears throat> from a running standpoint, my first um, input would be that's not enough running in order to dramatically or consistently change your aerobic threshold. The problem with mm -hmm. aerobic threshold is that the results come from many miles, in your case kilometers, many, mm -hmm. many kilometers at zone two. Um, but many kilometers over many weeks and months. And mm -hmm. for you currently, it looks like you're doing zone one and two running on flat road three days a week for one hour maximum. And so three hours per week is not enough in order to really shift that aerobic platform. Okay. So what would be... Um the, the best uh, time I should put in to well, achieve, to, to like continuously progress, right? Yeah. So the one way, of course, is you need to find the one longer run per week. The one where you're teaching your body and observing with your body and your training and your fueling and your mindset, how it feels to go longer. So whether that's 90 minutes to start off with or then two hours or two and a mm -hmm. half hours on in one run. And that's the challenge because um, going long one day is going to be important to have the aerobic effect because quickly mm -hmm. the yeah. body will get used to 60 minutes at an easy effort, zone one, zone two. That's not enough adaptation. And remember what we say, mm -hmm. training is stress plus recovery. And so this is not enough stress. And having mm -hmm. Monday, okay. Thursday, and Saturday off means you have plenty of recovery. And the mm -hmm. stress yeah. of zone one and zone two running is not enough to create stress. As endurance athletes, we work on creating stress by volume, not by effort, intensity. If you were mm -hmm. doing shorter okay. events like 10 kilometers or even a half marathon, 21 kilometers, 
then you would want to do more intensity, higher zones, zone three, zone four, zone five, with in less time. So that's the other side of the, the, the coin of saying shorter mm -hmm. events, higher intensity, less hours. Longer events, lower intensity, many more hours of training. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's how the stress comes about. That's how the training stimulus happens. Um, because for you, the worry is not about uh, getting in enough time. For you, the, mm -hmm. the, the uh, and not time, for you, the worry is not getting in enough recovery time. For you, the worry is getting in enough stress time. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. I see. Okay, well, I, I'm definitely willing to, to put in the effort. So yeah. uh, if you say um, I can only progress when, I don't know, training four days a week for 90 to two hours or more, um, I would definitely... Uh, make to work that for me yeah but that's not every day so during the week your monday let's say you take monday off the way you have it and then tuesday mm -hmm. you do this zone one zone two running on a flat road that's fine for an hour wednesday we mm -hmm. wouldn't probably want to just do the same thing we did the day before and i think zone one zone two is a little bit too easy so we want to either Wednesday go 45 minutes but throw in some shorter zone three bursts of leg turnover and cadence or intervals or hills um, in order to just change the stimulus and something knowing that mm -hmm. it looks like you have Thursday off so you can you can add some effort and intensity to Wednesday and then Friday mm -hmm. you have zone one zone two running again for 60 minutes well, you, you could do that, um, but if you're preparing for a longer weekend, um, maybe you put the strength on the Friday, and then you mm -hmm. look into making Saturday the 90-minute run or two-hour run or, you know, right around there. So two hours. So that already, yeah. you know, you've changed the, the stimulus for the week, and you can do that for... A little bit and then grow it from 90 minutes on Saturday to two hours on Saturday and then maybe every three four weeks make um, the um, Tuesday run 90 minutes and the Saturday run two hours so that you have this bigger week and then you'll want Tuesday a recovery night. week okay. where you go back and, and come back again in the hours total training Mm -hmm. So every three to four weeks, Tuesday, 90 minutes and... Yeah, yeah. So that you give yourself what I would call an endurance week where you break out of uh -huh. the current volume and go up by maybe 20% or 25%. But after that mm -hmm. week, you come down and do a recovery week where you take your normal volume and you decrease it by 25%. So it's a 50% drop almost from the big week, from the endurance week. Mm -hmm. And okay. so, and, and that will, that will shift some things quickly, but then we will, the body as it works, will get used to that and we'll get familiar with that. And again, you'll need to find ways to give it more stress. Now that could be in strength, that could be adding strength to a Tuesday or a Wednesday workout in com combination with a run. It could be mm -hmm. doing strength training 
and calisthenics for 60 minutes on Sunday and then going for another 60 minute run. So the challenge is again, that we wanna be in, in order to build up endurance and have an impact on our aerobic threshold, we need those hours, many hours mm -hmm. at that zone too. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see. And then I would recommend um, the, the five by one mile check-in so that from today's numbers that we'll go over in a moment, that you sort of, uh, that every four weeks or five weeks, you do the five by one mile or five times two kilometer or 1.5 kilometers um, at a certain heart rate that stays the same. And then hopefully over time, you see that time for the same heart rate getting faster. Okay. So every five weeks, I'll do the, the test again. Yeah, you can do uh, Well, it's not the same test. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a set heart rate. It's not effort. It's heart rate. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the track check-in, and I have that on my website too, the description of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that way you can see how you're allowing the body to absorb the training and the progression and the stress that you're giving it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see. So I've written down the Tuesday 60 minutes. It's only one or two. Wednesday zone three for 45 minutes and could be um, not a flat road, instead hills or something like that. Yeah. Um, Thursday day off, uh, Friday strength or calisthenics training. Um, then Saturday two hours run at zone one or two and Sunday, should, should that be a rest day or? Um, well, since you're new, moving strength to Friday, um, I would do something short, for short and fast on Sunday, the day after um, your long run. And mm -hmm. short and fast means leg turnover. Cadence. Or as we say okay. in German, Frequenz. <laughs> you can speak German? Oh yeah, I'm fluent. Oh really? That's amazing. <laughs> Do, do you have relatives in, in Germany or Austria? They live in Germany, all of them, in Hamburg oh, and in Erlangen. Oh, that's amazing. Great. I, I moved to Germany um, eight months ago. Okay. Okay, cool. So, um, so that will give you the input, right? I would also say mm -hmm. you don't need to train at zone one. Zone one is active recovery. And as you see from your training, um, from your test that you did at um, with uh, a few in September, that's compensation. Mm -hmm. uh, that's compensation area, and so it's basically active recovery. And mm -hmm. so okay. you want to be you. You don't need that because you already have Monday and Thursday off, and you have a pretty light load. So you don't need to train in zone one. You want to sit right in the middle of zone two, which looks like for you is about 138 to 140 heart rate for the t from the test that you sent me. Now, I, wow. I've not gone through mm -hmm. this, your, your zones from the five by one mile test that you sent me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so no, no zone one. Mm -hmm. All right.
you want to make sure you're trading hard enough too because <laughs> that might be too easy um you know so so someone should like they should like feel if i if i could talk to someone while while running um zone one will feel easier than that okay mm -hmm. yeah that's why i don't really prescribe or work with or talk about zone one it's 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 truly a recovery it's active recovery meaning you're doing the <clears throat> the activity let's say in your case running so easy mm -hmm. that there is no training benefit you're just moving the muscles and the blood and the oxygen everything is is moving but it's not there's no training effect. There is no stress from it. And if there's no stress from it, then in most cases, I would say just rest. Um, why do something, especially running zone one is, is uh, dangerous because, well, in my opinion, it's dangerous because mm -hmm. we're running on pavement or on, or, or, and the pounding of the body, 40 times our body weight on our ankles and knees. If we can rest that, for a day, we do that we, instead of just running to run. Mm -hmm. Okay, I understand that. So, um, you said zone two is for me one thirty-eight to one forty. Did I understand that correctly? And that's the middle okay. of your zone, according to the test that you ah, sent me okay. from the Spiro. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. uh, yeah. it's zone two is one twenty-eight to one fifty, but. Um, so the middle of it would be 138 to 140. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's um, like I train in zone two since four, five weeks now. Mm -hmm. um, and I did this, <laughs> the test I did wrongly. I ran uh, one, 1. 1.6 miles. Oh. Instead of kilometer. Yeah. <laughs> I did that incorrectly. But um, I, I recognize that it's easier for me to stay in the middle of zone three than staying steadily in zone two. But yes. I, I assume I, that will that will get better the more I train in zone two, right? Um, well, for most people, it's like this. Most people, almost all people, um, like zone three. It feels more natural there mm. because. The aerobic and anaerobic energy systems are both in their sweet spot. It's like I say with a hybrid car. Um, it's gas engine and it's battery engine right at the perfect amount. Mm -hmm. Whereas when we're zone two, anaerobic fat burning, it's all battery. Mm -hmm. okay. um, when we're at zone four, not all, but most of it is gas engine is burning sugar and so okay. in zone three it's you know you're you're able to go quite good and steady with your battery engine but whenever you slow down or need a little bit extra that the gas engine helps and so that's why zone three feels so good for everybody mm -hmm. oh, I see. Mm -hmm. and so looking at your um your five by 1.6 mile test, <laughs> um, you know, it looks like, yeah, they have their, um, 
the zones are pretty accurate in from the spiro test that you did. So your max was yeah. that on a treadmill or was that on a bicycle? The spiro. And uh, from September. That was on a treadmill. Okay. Yeah. So your heart rate got way higher there. Um but that's also quite common because you're indoors and you get hotter and the effect is stronger. So mm -hmm. but they have your zone for what looks like to be 165 to 180, which I would say is is close. I would give it more 165 to 175. Um, but okay. Um, but then there is zone three. Is zone three looks right, and there's zone two looks right as well. So I would use that. Um, the spiral values are are quite mm -hmm. good for now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so you don't have to worry. The five by one mile test shows that. Um, I would be a little bit more conservative um, based off the five times 1.6 miles, but that's okay. Um, it looks like at zone two, 128 to 150, that's plenty easy for you. That will be quite comfortable, meaning you have to slow down, which is exactly mm -hmm. the effect we want. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so yeah, so um, now you have your zones, you want to stay away from one, you want to bring in some three um, on a quality day, a shorter day, 45 minutes, but quality. And then on Sunday, after the long run on Saturday, I would do that on feel. Don't even wear a heart rate monitor. Just go oh, run okay. for the enjoyment and the fun of it. Um, so often we stare at our watch so much that it takes the fun away and a, a nice Sunday run 45 minutes will feel great with no heart rate. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Yeah, it, it's more fun that way. There, there will be a time where, where I do not need a heart rate monitor anymore, right? Do I get like this this body feeling so that you, I know, okay, right now this feels like zone two or zone three, so I don't need a heart rate monitor? Yeah, I mean, that's what many yeah. will say, and it's true. Um, it's It takes a while. It, it's not something that goes quickly mm -hmm. unless you're doing a lot of miles, let's say uh, two or three times as many hours as you currently do. But um, the, what you can do in a few uh months once once you sort of get a good feel for the heart rate monitor or your heart rate is that you wear it let's say once a week and you compare your feelings with the true heart rate and that way you know oh my feel is very close or it feels right mm -hmm. um, and then that way you don't have to wear it all the time correct mm -hmm. okay good so then we're on the definition of goals. Yeah, I would like to yeah. see continuous progression in my performance. For that, I want to define goals, and I would like to see a conversation. Be a real... So, you know, the hard thing for you is, right, this is, this is a never-ending game um, without, mm -hmm. let's say, an event or something like that. So mm -hmm. now what will help is that at the same heart rate, so for you, at the same heart rate, your run check-in test, I would recommend at 
Um, <clears throat> one sixty five. Uh, one sixty to one sixty five heart rate. So in that very narrow range that you go out and run five times one mile or 1.6 miles uh, kilometers um, at a very tight, narrow 160 to 165 heart rate. And that will feel good because that heart rate is the top end of zone three. It will, um, so you'll be running, feeling good mm -hmm. about running, but it will not be so tiring that you know, it's not something that you can't continue to run after. So you will get, do, you, let's say, your five times 1.6 kilometer run, and then you run home again, or you run another 20 minutes easy. That's one, it's very good for endurance because after some quality to then go and run on feel or nice and controlled and easy on fatigue, on tired legs is a great mm -hmm. way to build endurance. But you have mm -hmm. to be careful not to do too much of it because you also don't want to run too much on fatigue legs like that because um, the training stress will go too high and the benefit will go away and we, we want to avoid doing too much of that for injury. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then, um, so that so will help you with your goals because you will see your um, uh, progression. You will see how at a, the same heart rate, over time, once a month, once every two months, that your time at the same heart rate is getting faster. Mm -hmm. And so that's, All right. Perfect. that's the, that will help you with short-term goals. Mm -hmm. But um, beyond that, um, it, it depends on what you're getting ready for. If you're getting ready for long-term ultra endurance, you know, I would do, you know, a half marathon of 21 kilometer run and get better at that and then work your way up to a marathon um, in you know a year or two and then get better at that and then so forth you you build upon that one you continue to do something that really challenges your confidence of knowing of, of that you can do it it continues mm -hmm. the progression of zone two and your endurance as well as your muscular endurance and your joints and your ligaments and your tendons and your body will get stronger just from many, many months of running. And uh, so that will allow for that healthy progression in that direction. And so mm -hmm. that's how I would look at it. And maybe you do have a 10 kilometer loop that's pretty flat, let's say, um, you know, a, a forest path, you know, a, a nice dirt path that I know there's plenty of in Germany and Austria where you say, okay, this one's flat. This one's very manageable. It's a five kilometer loop. And let's say you just do that every now and then, you know, every once a month or every two months. And you just see how you feel on that and how you feel the next day. And then you notice, wow, I used to be really tired that afternoon from the 10 kilometer, what I would say, Waldlauf. Um, mm -hmm. And then now you notice, oh, I'm fine. And then, um, <laughs> you know, so that's how you also see you're getting closer to your goals. If you can run 10 kilometers in training and just go, oh, I'm fine, then you mm -hmm. know you're getting closer to running 16 or 18 kilometers, pushing it. 
And that means you're close to a half marathon, which would be amazing. Okay, great. So uh, less recovery time is my goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that and and that will help. So the the what we did with the training, those the the the, the rise in volume coming with the endurance week, and then a drop off in recovery, and then another build and rise, and then a drop off. That progression. Um, if you do that linear over a long progression on the XY axis, the Y axis, ever so gently, your first week after the recovery week should be a little bit more hours, a little, a few minutes more, maybe 15 minutes more than a month ago. And then mm -hmm. um, a, a month later, another 15 minutes more. And so that ever so gently, you see this progression the, the builds that you're doing also going up. Very small, mm -hmm. but enough that in six months, right, that's an extra 90 minutes a week as your first week of the build. That's that's drips. That's a lot. That right now, yeah. off of four hours, is, you know, 40% more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. Okay, cool. So every month, 15 minutes more. 15 minutes, 15 minutes per month. Yeah, so... Wait, so 15 minutes per training? Um, no, per for the week. So, for example... For the week, 15 minutes Let's per say week. Uh, the first two, you do the two weeks that we talked about above. Mm -hmm. um, then you do your endurance week. That's the third week. And then you do a recovery week. That's the fourth week. And now when you... Are restart again with a two-week build. That is mm -hmm. those two weeks. Each week has fifteen minutes more total. And then you do another endurance mm -hmm. week, okay. and then you do another recovery week, and then you know another four weeks later, you add another fifteen minutes in total to the week, not each workout or each week, not even each week. It's just. Mm -hmm. The floor, the minimum, the the basis that you're doing this from, is going up a little bit more. Okay, I see. Okay, now I understand. All right. So even seeing that in your training journal or wherever you're putting your training, you will see also. Wow, I'm doing. Look where I was, and look where I am now and how I'm feeling, and what I'm observing, and how quickly I'm recovering. All those things are part of the inputs that you know and see that your training is working. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's exciting. I will, <laughs> I will count my recovery time, and then yeah. after a month or after two months, I will, I will see how that gets, gets less. Yeah. That's exciting, cool, okay. Then your third piece was the measurement of heart rate zones. So do we finished <laughs> off with the, so maybe the 10 kilometer um, loop and with working towards a half marathon um, and things like that. So those are all good intermediate goals to work towards for your long-term goal, which is to become an endurance athlete and then an ultra endurance athlete. But this is a healthy way to start. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Oh my gosh, I can't wait to see where I am in one year. <laughs> yes, but it's also incredible. keep in mind, so you might find that the 15-minute increases or the recovery time, the values there, this is not every week just automatically 15 minutes. Like You will have to observe, you know what, I'm going to stay here for a few weeks um, without increasing because mm -hmm. I'm... Uh, it's a little bit too much, and so then you then then the then the line flattens a little bit, which is fine. That is very very normal for all athletes. And then the mm -hmm. next progression comes, the next build comes, where you notice, oh, I did five cycles or three cycles of fifteen minute increases, you know, three months basically, and then you feel really good about that. But then you notice, okay, now I'm getting this is a lot. I, I need a break. Or it's the holidays, mm -hmm. right? Uh, or it's cold or something mm -hmm. like that. So you say, okay, I just, I'll pull back and, and I'll note in my journal or my training diary where that I am and how I need to build back to that point again. But again, the body keeps moving forward. And even if you, you take a break or even if you keep things the same for a bit, it will go back to where you were, your, your fittest, quicker. Um, and mm -hmm. so, you know, as long as you stay consistent and as long as you continue to do something towards this that fits into the, this puzzle that we're building, putting together, um, mm -hmm. it will work very nicely. But I, I just want to be clear that you don't just automatically add minutes because it says so on paper. You also have to listen to your body. Okay. Mm -hmm. Many athletes, they start, they just start adding and adding and adding and says, well, because it says so right here. <laughs> and then it gets dangerous because, you know, they, they can get injured or they get sick or they're not progressing, right? Because you continue mm -hmm. to do, so if you see that your paces, your, your speed at, at the check-in test is not getting better or that you're... 10 kilometer loop once a month or every two months isn't feeling better or you're recovering stronger um, then mm -hmm. you want to look at okay well maybe what's going on is it sleep is it nutrition is it I'm training too am I progressing too quickly do I need to take an extra recovery week because something is off um, mm -hmm. and okay. so and with yeah. that I, I just like experience uh, experiment with it yes so maybe yes. i have to sleep longer or if yeah. that doesn't work i do less training yeah or put in extra okay mm -hmm. yeah, yeah and and that's why for so many athletes it's important to have a a good training journal um mainly to just see how you're feeling and what you're noticing um, mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a lot of information, but enough to capture, oh, look, here, I've, I've been doing this um, volume increase for eight weeks now. I need some lighter weeks. It makes sense. I, I, I've been doing, I've not given myself enough time to absorb the training, to recover and feel good from it. Um, I've mm -hmm. just been doing too much, whether that's life stress or work stress or just the training stress or sleep or it can be so many things but we don't want to just keep pushing through 
because that's not training. That's exercising. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in looking at your nutrition, I mean everything it's it's fine. Um you you you're you prefer not to eat meat, which is makes sense, but you have fish in there. So um that's a that's probably helpful for an endurance athlete. Um no sweets or fast food or no alcohol, which is all really great. These are just things where you will have to observe and note on your body what works best and if you need more of the vegetables or milk or um, you know things like that um, I mm -hmm. doubt you would need more bread or um, you know things like that because uh, or whole grain noodles because yeah while carbs are good it's just a question of how you're getting and what you're absorbing and so forth but that work around that is more from a nutrition standpoint and nutritionist versus mm -hmm. for the training that I would be able to give you um, informed advice on. Mm -hmm. So your question okay. is, is there anything I should consider to help my body progress in performance? Um, again, noting and writing down how you're feeling or what you're observing, or even if you don't write it down, but you that you, that you mentally see, huh, I'm not feeling that great, um, that you might need to think, I might need to eat more. Um, in order to get enough energy and mm -hmm. fuel for my training. I might need to eat at different times of day. I might need a bigger lunch. I might need a little bit bigger dinner um, and so forth. So those are all things that you observe and then make some adjustments. And if that doesn't work, so be it. You go back to the old way. But at least you're trying different things and ways to see how you have the most energy or the best training outcome. Mm-hmm. Okay. When running after 20, min 20, 30 minutes, I have to take a break and use the restroom. Um, well, and you said I mostly don't eat one to two hours before training. It's a question of, um, okay, so even if you did eat, um, would you have to use the restroom? Do you train in the morning and do you have to use it then? Um, or is it no, mainly in the afternoon? It's mostly in the evening. Mostly in the evening. So, yeah, I mean, it's just part of your digestion then so um, it's hard to say one to two hours before training it's also a question of what you're having for lunch and what you might not be absorbing or what you're having for breakfast that your body might not be accepting or absorbing properly so those those little things I'm sorry I can't give you I mean I can mm -hmm. give you opinion but not really good input um, that's something that Emily would do but not me. Mm -hmm. It's not, um, I would say the wrong things and then <laughs> Emily would look at me and just shake her head. And I, I've learned to just not try. <laughs> okay. All right. So, but again, observing, because the first thing she would have you do is also write a food log and how you're, what you're observing and so forth. So that mm -hmm. always helps that you that you're writing down what you eat for breakfast, what you eat for lunch, what you eat for dinner, what you snack if you do snack, when that is, how much that is, and then that way you can sort of see, oh, well, of course, I'm having a lot of dairy, milk and cheese and yogurt um, for breakfast so that by the time 
my stomach has done digesting it in the afternoon, um, it's, you know, causing this or that. Mm -hmm. So, okay. it's hard to know. Okay, I'll take a closer look at that. Yeah. So, you're pretty strong and healthy. You don't really get sick. So, yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is you're going to see in the next few weeks and eight weeks, I would say two months. So, it's April 23rd. So, by end of June, you should have two of the five times 1.6 kilometer tests or uh, check-ins. So hopefully, so I would do one immediately so that you have now sort of the starting data. Mm -hmm. Then you do one in uh, end of May and then you do one end of June. And so the one end of May is hopefully a little bit better than the one from end of April. And then the one end of June is also hopefully better than May. And then that way you know that the training that you're doing and how you're recovering and how you're absorbing it is working. Because at mm -hmm. the same constant heart rate, your time is getting faster. So, mm -hmm. okay. So that will help you, um, and that way um, you can also start seeing. And you'll you'll by then those two months you'll have seen that how long you're going, hour and a half, two hours. Maybe you'll even say, oh, it's a beautiful day and it's quiet in in the city or in the countryside, and I'm going to go for two and a half hours. I'm going to go crazy. I'm just going to go two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. And if I have to walk a little bit, so be it. Um, but I will mm -hmm. run most of it. And then you'll see, you probably are getting um, pretty far. And so if you're doing that, um, then you're quickly going to notice that you're running, you know, 16 kilometers, 18 kilometers, 20 kilometers, if you're out there for two and a half hours. And then, then you'll say, well, now I know I can do a half marathon. Let me find one in the fall or in the late summer. Mm -hmm. If they have That would be an interesting test, just, just to see how far I can go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just running. <laughs> well, remember also, um, yes, but be sure to turn around. <laughs> it's a long walk back. <laughs> um, the other thing is, if you go easy enough, and if you're in zone two, Remember, you will not run out of energy. You will run out, you, you, muscularly, you will get more tired first because your body is not mm -hmm. used to the pounding, even if it's on dirt path, um, for that long of a time. And that will get achy and sore. Mm -hmm. But um, but your energy, if you go at zone two, will feel fine. You'll, you'll, you'll feel fine to keep going. Mm -hmm. So... What you're doing on those longer Saturdays or the weekends is getting ready to, you're teaching the body and helping it um, absorb the pounding of running for longer, a little bit longer and a little bit longer. And remember that Saturday doesn't need to change every week. It could stay the same because you can keep the long run of the week steady, let's say. 90 minutes or 100 minutes, but then change the, the training during the week and then you can see how it affects your long run on the weekend. Let's say you did mm -hmm. more speed work on Wednesday and then you say, oh, but oh, on Saturday I was exhausted. Well, then you know, okay, maybe I pull back a little bit on the speed work 
and see where the point is where I feel good on speed work and I feel good on my 100-minute run. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, so it's just playing with the different puzzle pieces. How do we, how do we make it all fit? Okay, I see. So I, um, should I stick to to the if I, if I see okay with that training schedule here, this is too much pressure or this is too too hard. Mm -hmm. Should I cut back or should I just stay at that level for a few weeks until my body adapts to it? You could do either or. It's more what you feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean you okay. can, um, or you could just add an extra recovery day and keep the 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 pieces the same, but let's say take out the Sunday um, easy on feel run, or you take out, you know, you do less speed on Wednesday and see how the body feels. You still run the same time, the forty five minutes, but you only do four zone three intervals versus eight. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's many ways to go about it and that's the fun. When you find what, what works best for you, you do that for many weeks and then you have to change it <laughs> because <laughs> the body gets too used to things uh -huh. um, and adapts and it recognizes it's crazy. It recognizes, oh, it's Wednesday. Today's speed work. You don't even, it just knows from the routine. <laughs> so it will sleep differently and hopefully recover differently and all those things. And then, yeah, it works out great. Amazing. So, um, if, for example, I have to work late on Wednesday and I am. I have to skip my training. Should I um, do it then the next day, or should I skip it completely and go go on with with my training schedule? What would be the best solution for that? Um, that is where I would recommend the early in the morning training if you can. So let's mm -hmm. say you work late on Wednesday. That if you can get in that forty-five minute run early on Thursday morning. Mm -hmm. and that's best because you're still within the afternoon Wednesday or early morning Thursday window and you still get enough recovery of all of Thursday and Thursday night for the Friday strength or, or so forth. So mm -hmm. that would be the best. But if not, um, it depends on the week. If, if everything's been going really well and you have a few weeks of it working well, then skip it. And other times you say, you know, I just, I really want to get this in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, the supplements, the water, you know, you want to make sure you get in enough water. Um, so you said water, but, um, Plenty of water, especially now as it's getting to be summer. So, uh, mm -hmm. okay. Just, you'll know if it's too much water because you'll constantly be going to the restroom. Um, but <laughs> if it's not enough water, you'll also feel it in that um, 
in your running that you just don't feel connected. It's it feel dry and um, mm-hmm. you know. So um, it's hard to say a formula, but uh, you know, for sure, you know, a liter more than a liter per day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it depends. Mm, it's, I think it's different for for every human, right? The water, yeah, for how, sure. How I mean, much, it's how much you need. Well, it depends on body weight, um, and I'm not sure what the formula is. In uh, kilogram, um, mm-hmm. you know, in in pounds and ounces, the guidance it's not it's not black and white, but is mm-hmm. half your body weight um, in ounces. So, you know, if okay. you weigh two hundred pounds, then you should drink a hundred ounces of pro- approximately uh, approximately in water. That's a good place to start. Um, not saying it has to be, but that's what many start with so if you want to do that conversion uh, for yourself by looking up those numbers that's a good place to start mm-hmm. okay yeah good. so what other questions do you All have right. for me since we've been through most of it um i'll just see my script and... the other thing is um on those long runs on Saturday or if life gets in the way on Sunday, you'll have to eat a a, a decent breakfast, right? Because running for a hundred minutes or more with, uh, on an empty stomach is, uh, is not going to feel that great. But -hmm. if you have a decent breakfast, you won't have to eat much during the running. If you don't have a decent breakfast about an hour, or 70 minutes into your run, your, your energy is going to start dropping off. And mm-hmm. many, many confuse that with fitness. They think, oh, I can't run more than an hour because I start falling apart. Well, no, <laughs> you just ran out of <laughs> gas. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, and then give yourself, like you wrote, an hour or two before you do that run um, to digest the food and then, and then try to head out for your, you know, 90 to 100 to 120 minutes. Okay. Um, and do I, do I have to eat in between those two hours or could I just run? Mm. No, you don't need to. I mean, two hours is the, the limit. I would say if you're going for a two-hour run, you need to probably take something. Um, you definitely need to take drink, water. Or, or know that there's water along the way. <laughs> but if you have a good breakfast, a good quality breakfast, and you wait 90 minutes, and then you go run, you should be fine to not eat for 90 to 100 minutes of that run. Um, will you be a little empty if you run for two hours instead? Um, yes, but that's, that's very much at the edge. Um, of your glycogen mm-hmm. being empty, um, so eh. whereas you you do want to get used to drinking. I would just eat a. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's enough if if I eat just a banana, so that I or do I have to eat more for breakfast after after a hundred minutes? No, during the run. Oh, during. You could do a banana, yeah. Um, it's not the best to run with and have with you. <laughs> um, and then also chewing it. So they have, you know, you can do a, 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 the gel or a chew or, mm-hmm. um, a, you know, a little bit of a, um, a bar, right? They have plenty of bars in Germany and mm-hmm. Austria as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just a muesli bar or something like that. Just a few bites. Even just a few bites is fine. Um, okay. So that's that's fine, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, a few bites is is, is all right. Yeah, because I, I don't I don't like to stop while running, and if I eat, I want to sit down and, and eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to eat while running. <laughs> yeah, it's not. You don't want to do a broadside <laughs> while you're while you're running. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, sounds good. Great. Yeah. And what other questions do you have? Mm, well, I think I'll I'll I go with the training and uh, I see how it goes. Yeah. I'm I'm excited how how I will progress after two or three months. Yeah. And so I'm excited. I would say in mid or late June, um, send me an email and let me know how you're doing, and we'll see what we need to do for next steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. Because you'll have plenty of data and insights and things that you've noticed that we can then use to say, okay, well, clearly you need this, or maybe you're missing this, or we should add this um, to your training. Mm-hmm. But that's a really good start so that you can also, because it's for so many as they're starting. It's not just about the training, it's learning how to observe what the body is doing and how it's reacting and responding to the training. And many jump past that phase too quickly. And then, you know, it's hard to, if you're, then you're caught in the numbers and always trying to do more or faster. And then it gets complicated to, but the best way is to do it like you're doing, just gradually move forward, but also observe how the body is responding and how it is mm-hmm. absorbing the training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I learned it by experience, so I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to make the same mistakes, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Cool. Um, did you already get some ideas for your um, designs? I did not. I mean, did, I did. Did you get, want tank tee and um, a baseball cap, right? Yeah, a trucker hat. So I've gotten a few, um, like two or three. But yeah, um, if you want to send me trucker something, hat. that'd be great. Uh huh. A, a trucker hat. Not that I confuse it. So it's not the baseball hat. It's yeah. A trucker hat is um is known for us as it's a little higher and more square on the front. So if you uh, uh-huh, okay. if you look it up on baseball hat is more rounded and fits the head tighter, mm-hmm. trucker hat sits more um, high on the head and it sits on it versus is tucked and pulled onto it. 
Okay, so it's more the hip-hop style. <laughs> Correct, yeah. I would say, well, those are, um, hip-hop is more, uh, those are more flat bill um, yeah. and straight so it's bill. something in between. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of in between. If you look it up, um, you'll see that it's, a, it, it's mm -hmm. just, it's a style. And so um, it seems to be most popular and easiest for most to use wear. Um, so that's why I was thinking that, but. Uh-huh, yeah. they look cool. Oh, I see it right now in, in, at yeah. Google. Okay, then I use the writing. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll send you some ideas. Maybe you'll That'd like be great. That. That'd be great. I would appreciate that. <laughs> sure. So, yeah. Well, thank so you that's so how much. It would work. That, that was so insightful. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to see my progression. <laughs> of course. And if you want to really? reach out and, and send me an email in between, and just mm -hmm. if you have questions, go ahead. Just send it, send it over. Um, and I'm curious as to how it works. And remember, the golden rule for all of this is, you know, if you notice something not going the way you want it, or you have a little pain somewhere, or something's bothering you, make note of it immediately. I'm not always saying, I'm not the best at saying stop training, but make note mm -hmm. of the day it happened in your training, and then start very closely observing and paying attention, because we don't want to get injured. Um, mm -hmm. And so the better we notice little things like that, the more we can um, go back and go, ah, yeah, that's that's where I must have done something. What did I do the days before that? Oh, I ran too long that day. Or um, something slipped in the strength training. Or, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't sleep for two nights because I was busy working or something came up and I got sick three days later. So all those little things mm -hmm. where you go, ah, makes sense. And then you can say, all right, once again, I learned so much by making some good notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely what I what I have to do, like listen to my body and yeah. observe and make sense of what, what it wants to tell me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the, the thing there too is what we, what we all, me too, all send, forget is we're on a long-term path. And so one workout here or there, or even a week here or there, will not change where we're going on this, this line, this path towards fitter and fitter and fitter and fitter. So, but mm -hmm. many weeks because we're injured or many weeks because we're sick, um, that will affect the line. But a day here or there, nothing to stress about because we've been consistent and because we've been steady and smart with our training. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't be shy oh. to miss a workout. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Good. Good. Thank you so much. Of course. You're that so was, welcome. That was so and then helpful. Let me know how it goes. And then uh, we'll, we'll surely talk in late June. I'll, I'll send you an email then for certain, I'll make note of it right now. And then we'll mm -hmm. see how successful you have been. Amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm excited. Okay. Um, how, how does the payment go? Um, I'll, se I'll send you a link. Yeah. And then that way you can okay. just pay it on PayPal or however. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Right. <laughs> perfect. Thank you so much. Okay. You have a wonderful cool. weekend of starting to train. Yes, yes, I will, okay. for sure. <laughs> Thank Alrighty. you. Bye-bye. Have a nice weekend as well. As well. Okay. Bye-bye. Of course. Bye-bye. All right, so I think you can see there 
how there's a lot of excitement and joy and fun ahead for Miriam and how that ties into in contrast with how the numbers and the data often can pull us away from that excitement. So there's a sweet spot between the two and we want to keep that, maintain that, remain in that space of monitoring our progress, seeing how we're getting better, enjoying the fruits of our labor, of our discipline, of our consistency, but also remaining focused on that this is fun. We choose to do this. And this is our time to spend with ourselves and spend with our body and spend with our thoughts and spend out in nature and spend moving and breathing and sweating, which is important for all of us, especially in this current environment and in this crisis. And then next week, we're going to dive into some nutrition discussion. Emily will join us for a nutrition focus. But specifically, what can we do during this crisis for our health and wellness via nutrition and any lifestyle adjustments that come with that? And if you have any questions, please send them to us or send them to me. And then we can dive into those topics as we record next week. Until then, have a great week, everybody. As always, I appreciate your feedback and your emails and your comments, what you would like to see more of, what you enjoy. So until next week, stay healthy, stay fit, and stay positive. And I really look forward to our next podcast.